1: Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, innovators, CEOs, entrepreneurs, hustlers, people in and around the world that are they're in their thing. They're on their vibe. They, they believe in something greater, as you guys know I always say. Um, they're anything You guys are anything but the, the status quo. Uh, you believe in going after your dreams and building on something that may, others may not understand. And I can tell you that every single one of our guests can easily attest to the same thing. And, uh, you know, we always say we don't glamorize or glorify end success because it is anything but overnight. Each of our guests that come on every week will tell you the same thing. And, and often what they're here to do is share what are they experiencing in real time as they're, experience, as they're growing uh, an avenue, a passion, a, a, a business, a brand, a company. You know, they're in it. Right. So today is uh, no different. I've got an exceptional guest. Um, before we get into uh, it, you know, I just I want to thank each and every one of you guys. The show is growing incredibly fast. Thank you so much for the comments and the outreach. And thank you for also always reaching out to our guests, too. They love hearing from you guys, so I, I can tell you they're very grateful for it because they contact me about it all the time. And uh, and I appreciate you guys. As you guys know, I'm Matt Gottesman. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman. And you can also find me on Instagram at, at HDF Magazine, which is where a lot of you guys have found me in the first place, and at Hustle Sold Separately. And you guys know I answer each and every single text, DM, and reply for the last five years straight. Anybody that has tested me has found out that I actually do it. <laughs> so thank you guys for the few million that you've done over the last few years, and I really appreciate it. Uh, this week, we've got another great guest, Dean Carnassus, and he's an ultramarathoner and author. And before I get into his bio, we're going to be talking about the act of movement and how that actually affects your life. Uh, and it, it, in my, now I'm not a runner, but I can tell you that movement in general brings a, um, a, a type of confidence because instead of sitting and thinking, you're now acting and doing, and what starts to happen is your brain starts going into a whole, I'm sure he could probably get more into the science side of it, but you know, everything from the endorphin rush to other things, you're, you're, when you're in an of movement, it just stimulates your, yourself in, in a multitude of ways. And so um, for me, it hasn't been as in a, in a form of running as it has been for yoga, meditation, and, and hiking and working out, um, but also just the act of just making things happen, even if I don't know the answers. In fact, the only way I will find the answers a lot of times is if I just start doing. So I really want you to think about how movement affects uh, changes in your life. And to, to cue up Dean, uh, as I mentioned, Ultramarathoner, New York Times bestselling author, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. If you guys uh, get a chance, I'd, I'd like for you to check it out. Um, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul, obviously known for its inspirational stories from real people and world renowned um, Ultramarathoner. As I told you, Dean teamed up with them. And uh, basically, it's, it's a series of motivational talks and writing. And um, it's called, if you, get, if you get a chance to check out the book, please do Chicken Soup for the Soul Running for Good. And this new collection contains 101 stories that will get you up from your chair and out of the world if you feel like you have, you know, over 100 friends giving you tips and urging you on while you're doing, you know, to do so. Right. Um, Dean uh, was once uh, noted, uh, excuse me, Dean once ran 350 continuous miles and has completed 50 marathons in all 50 states in 50 consecutive days. I I couldn't even imagine that. So we could talk about that for sure with him. And then he also won the world's toughest foot race, the Badwater Ultramarathon, running 135 miles nonstop across Death Valley. I hope you all just heard that. Let me repeat that in case anybody's listening. 135 miles nonstop across Death Valley during the middle of summer. Uh, And since he's still alive, we have him on the show. (laughs) In addition to running his running career, he's a New York Times bestselling author of several books about running, including, um, in 2010 chicken soup for the soul runners. Uh, and he was quoted as saying the simple act of putting one foot in front of the other can transform individuals. It can transform lives. That's why I'm so committed to sharing these stories to help you get out there. And, uh, in this book, you're going to meet men and women who have run or walked off hundreds of pounds who have conquered injuries, depression, or anxiety. You'll meet parents who have used running to bond with their children, couples who ran together and repaired their marriages and people who ran uh, their way right out of jobs they didn't like and into new careers that stoked their passion for life. So I, I really want you guys to check this out. Welcome, Dean. Dean, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, for,
0: I'm exhausted just listening to that intro, but th- <laughs> thanks for having me on.
1: It's because you run a lot. <laughs> you know? No, I, honestly, Dean, uh, it's, it's incredible, and I, and I like that um, there's a, a part, I believe, in your, in your bio, and I want to talk about your background here in a minute, which is going to be my question about, um, you know, at 30 You said, "Yeah, I'm gonna give up this business that I'm doing, and I'm gonna start running." So, I would love if you could, you could, you could walk me and you know the audience through what happened. Like, how did we get here, and how did ultra marathoning and running become this intricate part of your life, and what was going on before then that led up to that. Yeah, well,
0: I used to run home from kindergarten. I mean, my earliest childhood recollections are when I was five years old, literally running home from kindergarten. Um, uh, You know, my my dad was working two jobs. My mom, we, she just had, I was the oldest child and she just had our um, youngest child, my sister. And she was having a hard time getting me home from school. So I said, you know what, mom, don't worry about it. I'll just run. And she said, really, it's over a mile. And I thought that I, I still would prefer it. So That's what I remember, is running home from kindergarten. And I ran uh, competitively all the way through um, my freshman year in high school. And then I decided that running was boring, that uh, I didn't like running. I had other other better ways to spend my time. So I quit running altogether. And I went through, you know, I finished high school. I went through uh, college. I went through graduate school. And then I went through business school. And I had this, you know, very comfortable corporate job in San Francisco and I was in a, in a bar on my 30th birthday, the night of my 30th birthday, doing what most of us do on our 30th birthday. I was you know, getting very drunk with my buddies. And, and at midnight, I said to them, you know what, guys, I'm leaving. And they said, hold it, you know, let's have another round of tequila. I mean, wh- where are you going? It's your 30th birthday? It's, it's only midnight. And I said, you know, instead of having another round of tequila to celebrate, I'm gonna run 30 miles right now to celebrate instead. Mm. And they looked at me and they said, R- what, run, you're not a runner you're drunk.
1: (laughs) I said, I I
0: am. I am. And I'm still going to do it. And I, I literally walked out of a bar in San Francisco at midnight and started running South. Uh, there was a town called Half Moon Bay that was 30 miles away. And I said, you know what, let's run to Half Moon Bay. And and that drunken night, uh, changed my life forever.
1: Why? Like why, why? (laughs) No, no, no. I know why it changed your life forever, but like, why, like What happened? Like, why was the exhilaration of the running, what did it trigger? Like, what happened that all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's it. I'm going in a whole new direction.
0: You know, it was was the culmination of a lot of things. I mean, one, um, here I was, you know, I was a yuppie. I was, by all, you know, measures successful. I mean, I had a, you know, 401k matching. I had stock options. I had a company car. You know, I had a fat bonus program. Uh, but I was miserable. Like mm-hmm. all these things that I thought would bring me happiness, were were not bringing me anything at all. Not, I wasn't fulfilled in any way. I was kind of empty actually. And I just saw the writing on the wall. I said, you know, you're either gonna wake up at 50 years old, you know, fat and bald, and maybe driving a red Ferrari, <laughs> or you're gonna, you know, set your own course through life. And I just remember the the freedom that I felt when I ran when I was a young child. I just remember that. It was liberating, and I felt like I was in a prison um, going to work every day, and I think it just all culminated with a bunch of bad tequila, <laughs> and that night,
1: I changed things. When you woke up the next day, though, um, and the tequila wore off, um, what were the next steps? What did you, you know, um, how quickly were you out of work, out of the, 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 the unfulfilled place you were, you were living in? Well you you know you asked about next steps, and from a literal standpoint, how are
0: the next steps they were, <laughs> they were painful I, mean, I couldn't walk I couldn't walk up and down a, a you know set of stairs for two weeks uh, but something inside uh you know said you, you this this is a good feeling that you know uh, pain is not a bad thing, and you know how can you how can you make a living doing these sort of crazy running things? Um, and I learned more and more about these crazy running things, you know, longer races like 100-mile foot races and, you know, even more intense endeavors like running 135 miles across Death Valley in the middle of summer nonstop. So I learned about these things and I thought, you know, this is just the, the you know, the essence of a, of an intense, well-lived life. Get after this stuff. And, you know, I thought, you're a business guy, use your business skills mm-hmm. to figure out how to make a living Doing something that has no prize money in it at all. So a lot of you know a lot of athletes talk about the, the lessons of athletics that translate into business. Uh, I I learned just the opposite, you know, because I started off as a business guy. I learned a lot of lessons from business that translated into helping me make a, a career out of running.
1: It's so true, you know. There's actually there's a few different things that I love that you said in there because. Um Everybody keeps hearing it over and over again when they say like, oh, yeah, you know, I hear when people say, you know, they, they got all the cars or they, they got the job, they got the life and then they were unfulfilled. You know, huh. I get it. I get it over and over again. And I and I actually do understand that um, same as you um, from actual context. And uh, and it's interesting when people hear it. And, you know, I feel like it's not until they experience it. Unfortunately, I, I, I hope for people to not get to that point to actually say hey look don't don't waste any more time um you can actually make a living from something that you're really into um and and if and if you know that's that's hard for sometimes for for people to believe and it's like well no you you just have to take a, a step out and and into it the other thing that I thought was really cool is that notice that the moment you started trying to look for um more information about running um and all of it's you know from foot marathons to you know triathlons probably everything that you could you could you could find under the sun interesting enough how much it also draws in community because it's funny when we first start something we feel almost alone right like can this even really be done are there people actually interested in this stuff and then all of a sudden you start doing the research did you find that like when you started doing the research um wow there's a lot of people doing this and there's a lot of people out there um that doing this meaning like doing the the activities doing the running doing the you know. And there's just a plethora of people. And then did that spark, you know, that level of community also spark a whole new side of you too?
0: It, it did in a lot of ways. And you got to remember, I start, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of decades. And when I first started running ultra marathons, it was uh, an interesting crowd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, sure, right? you know,
0: there were a lot of military guys doing it. Mm. Um, there were a lot of kind of, uh, you know, recluse sort of people doing it. I mean, you know, to run 100 miles nonstop, um you've got to be a little bit different, right? I mean you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable and it wasn't a It wasn't a big group of people, but I really admired the group of people. I thought that um you know their mindset was very similar to mine um these These people would never give up I mean they were very persistent they were they would persevere through almost anything, and they found that you know pain and suffering is actually the essence of a life well lived i mean mm. you know in so many ways, we've built a culture around comfort and convenience that we're so comfortable we're miserable (laughs) and I found these people you know at mile 75 during a hundred mile race when you're just you know you're you're beat to shit you're never more alive so I was drawn to this community and you know in the course of a couple decades of doing this it's really grown believe it or not ultra marathoning you know and and Ironman triathlons and all types of extreme endurance events um, has really, really grown in popularity, and I think it's because of those very reasons that I, I felt, you know, two decades ago.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's between more people wakening up to health, happiness, wellness, and, uh, you know, everything from your American Ninja Warriors to your Spartan Racing to, I mean, all these new, newly emerged, they all got to train somehow, enters marathon you know i mean not not i mean not so i'm I'm generalizing but at the same time like i I feel like there's so many of the same principles um and kudos for starting you know two nearly you know two decades ago and um have you noticed that um that i mean that translates to everything that translates to entrepreneurship that translates to writing that translates to everything because there's the 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 in-between is messy it's messy in the middle, as as the saying goes, like, you know, when you're doing like all the pain and suffering, but it's it's that endurance that um, that makes life worth living. And I like the fact that you said that, you know, we're so comfortable, we're miserable. <laughs> it's so it's true. I think it's really true about society. That's why they can't even it, they're so I feel like it's such a sedation that they don't really realize, like, why you're having a hard time finding what you really want to do or why. You feel unfulfilled, or why some of these things is because you're in a sedation of of convenience that really isn't so comfortable. It's just that you're co- it's called comfort, and that's where you're staying. But have you, have you noticed that um, you know this relationship between running and entrepreneurship and and writing in your case because you're you know a best-selling author, um, a lot of the same principles.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have. Well, you know, you you spoke to this point earlier. I think that um, motion stirs emotion. So, you know, I, I've tried for, for many years to learn how to meditate and I could just never get there um, unless I'm moving. And I, the only way I can achieve a meditative state is through running. And I think a lot of runners, it's the same thing. It's, a, it's almost a form of Zen that, you know, you, you, all, the, all the, the background noise fades away and you're just, you know, you're in the present moment of time in the here and now. And It's rare that we are in that present moment of time I and mean, usually we're thinking about the future or we're reflecting on the past or you know We're checking our Twitter feed, but you know when I run uh, I'm in a different place and it's very cleansing to me So I've learned that um, you know running is a, is a refresh and it's also a way to think you know It's it's rare that I have an hour or two hours in my day when I'm just alone with my own thoughts I mean, I'm bombarded with outside noise and when I run, I can really think more clearly. And I'm an introvert, uh, and running is just—it's—it's it's essential to my being. I mean, I can't—I get overwhelmed with life very easily, and if I don't have my running as an outlet, um, it—it's just not a good feeling. So, running kind of uh, puts a, a bright veneer on on everyday living.
1: I definitely think, as you mentioned, it, that movement is it can, it can be a very big form of meditation. Um, I I meditate. I definitely have sometimes uh, issues with the, um, you know, becoming no thing <laughs> and, and, being no- yeah. and being nothing for like 20, 30 minutes. Quieting it, the mind, right? Yeah. It's not easy. It's, yeah. it's not easy, um, but there's certain parts of the project that now I, I now use it for other things that I, I'll, I'll meditate on. But I, just like you, I, I get it. I, th- I find that, um, like for me writing, um, I'm at about 150 words a minute. Um, I can't stop it. I haven't stopped it um, in five years straight, but 20 years total. And people ask me all the time, like on my channel, they're like, Oh, you know, so do you use software? Do you use this? Do you I was like, no. Nah. They're like, what do you mean? You just launch them when you launch them? I'm like, yeah. And like, how do you do it? I'm like, I'm channeling. I'm just meditating. It's, it's just working through me. I'm not the person that you're, I mean, it's me. I feel it. And I've lived it. <laughs> you know, I was like, but, but I find that um, art or exercise are, Really good forms of meditation because they, they inject us into the act of, um, of being and doing, and then in there comes a lot of clarity, right? I mean, have you have you noticed? Um, no, I okay, yeah, please, ab- absolutely, yeah, and that, you know,
0: I'm a, I, I mean, you're you know, you're you're an author, you're a writer. I'm an author, I'm a writer. Um, I actually write on the run, so I, I have a digital recorder. And I have some of my clearest thoughts and my most profound and insightful thoughts while I'm running. So I just dictate into this digital recorder. And then when I'm in like, uh, places where I'm kind of trapped, like on a plane uh, flying somewhere, I, I type up my notes. You know, I put in an earbud, But I, I do a lot of writing while I run. And I think that you know, writing about running, uh, how more authentic can you get than actually <laughs> writing while you're running?
1: Right. Well, and especially since your, your clarity is there, your, your endorphins are high, um, how, has, how has it changed you from the person you were pre-30 to the person you were post-30? Like, how, how have you noticed, because um, I'm sure, you know, we're, we're all many things in one lifetime, same person, we just that we tend to, we change a lot within our, our own, um, you know, evolution and whatnot. So I mean, not to take away from the guy who was doing really good business before turning thirty, but have you noticed like a change in um, your approach, your confidence, your you know your whole way of doing things?
0: You know, age has a lot of <laughs> a lot of benefits, it sure and does. a lot of drawbacks. But you know, the the one thing um, I'm 100 percent Greek, and you know, it, it you know the, the quote from the Oracle at Delphi, is, you know, N- know thyself. So I think that. Um, the older you get, the more you get in tune with who you are. And thankfully, I listen. <laughs> I think a lot of people go through life not really listening to who they are, and they live um, a life that's kind of unnatural because they're, they're, what they're doing is, is almost forced. So I really look inward and, and try to live the examined life and understand who I am. And how do you understand who you are Uh, better than when you're in compromised positions Mm. and, you know, running an ultra marathon, uh, you're in a compromised position. I mean, you're those, those layers of defenses are stripped away. I mean, you're pretty raw and and you pretty much are, you know, you at your essence of your being and you learn a lot about yourself. You learn, uh, you know, you might be better than you think you are and you might be able to go further than you think you can. And these are great lessons. And that's, you know, that's why I'm such a big advocate for everyone running a marathon, I think that you learn more in 26.2 miles about yourself than in your previous lifetime because it really tests you. It's, it, there's nothing easy about it, and it really taps you out. And you get a glimpse into how do you respond. You know, there, I mean, there's, you know, there, there's this line of reasoning that um, you know, you know, without war, we don't know if we're cowards or heroes. But when you run a marathon, you have a battle. You're in a war, and you get a, a rare glimpse into who you are.
1: What were some of the, I mean, outside of an endurance and, and the fact that you can go further than you had anticipated, what were some other profound um, lessons that you learned about yourself or your character um, in the process of, of you know running and, and being in these compromised positions?
0: You know, the one thing I've noticed is that I really have a deep relationship with nature. And I think that that is so important for The human being. And I think it's very rare in this day and age that many people have a relationship with nature. I mean, most people, you know, get in their car, they drive to their office, um, you know, they work at their office, they come home, they might go to the gym. How, you know, how often is someone out on a trail by themselves in nature? And I do this daily. And to me, it's, it's, it's just part of being human. So in a lot of ways, I kind of feel unplugged from society at large, because that element is just gone. I mean it's we, we you know we evolved from walking around in, in nature, right? And now we're in a a state of uh, living where we're very removed from nature. So I know that I need to be immersed in nature and I have a deep relationship with nature and I feel most whole this might sound funny, but when I'm by myself in nature, I I, I like those moments. And I think a lot of people don't like being by themselves at all. Um I'm an introvert, as I said, by nature, so I just I go with that. And you know, if I'm spending two hours out on a trail, you know, people might say, Well you're wasting your time. A lot of people spend two hours on, you know, Netflix yeah. <laughs> routinely. Right. And I, I would argue that what I'm doing is a little more holistic.
1: Yeah. You know, well, first of all, you're in good company and anybody listening that most people listen to this podcast um, <laughs> would 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 agree about, I think would agree about the the nature. Um, you know, I I feel like we're living through a very interesting time where more people are waking up and seeing how grounding it is to go outside, to be in nature, to walk barefoot on the ground. I like that's something I started doing a little bit more of. Um, there's actual a lot of healing in the, in, in the ground itself, like in, in earth, in nature. And it's an interesting, it's, I guess the point being is that it's interesting that we came from that. We got into all these conveniences and got very fast paced. Um, we have everything at our beck and call, but yet we're not happier per se. Um, unless we know how to use them for, our, for our advantage, um, but not at a lack of our health <laughs> or at a, at a cost of our health. And yet now I see people kind of going back to the basics because it's the very things that um, where we're, we're getting a lot of like our healing and our self-discovery and our passion back from.
0: Well, you know, I, I mean, it, 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 I'm, I have to say that, you know, I almost feel selfish um, preaching what I just did because I live in California, you <laughs> know, in Northern California in, in a place where I have great access to, to the wilderness right at my right. front door. And a lot of people don't have that luxury. I mean, I travel a lot. And, you know, a lot of places in the country are just, they, there's not the natural beauty. Um, but I would also say that, you know, I, I've chosen my lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. I've made a lot of sacrifices. I mean, I, I can't afford to live where I live, but I figured I'll just die here. <laughs> I'd rather die here than, you know, live somewhere that's affordable, where I, I can not indulge, you know, in, in nature the way I'm able to here. So I've made conscientious decisions. And, you know, it's you can find beauty in anything. And you know, to me it's 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 a matter of exploring, of getting outside of the city limits. You know, a, a park is is a park. It's kinda nice, but to me exploration is, is out in the wild, in the in the true authentic wild.
1: I think it's interesting that um uh and I thank you, I appreciate the honesty of you saying how, you know, um I'm making conscientious decisions to be where I wanna be, to design my life the way I wanna design it um i think that's another concept that's a little bit hard for people um it it it, i continue to work on it and people you know my circle understands because they're all doing it but there's a lot of people who they don't get there's a lot that goes into life design and i I appreciate the fact you're saying you know hey should i you know it's affordability but it doesn't matter because i'm i'm creating i'm i'm right where i should be that makes you know sense for me um and to make those kind of conscientious decisions uh here's a random question i just wanted to ask you where's where's one of um or maybe several where's been several places that you've ran that have been some of the most like breathtaking runs um you know in the world i know there's i'm sure there's, i'm sure there's a few in the in the states but i've traveled a bit um you know i'm, I'm i myself i'm 40 i'm not you know I'm, i haven't caught up to you yet but i'm i'm getting there you know and i uh um, so, I, I, there's some amazing places out there. Um, there's a whole world out there that I wish the world to see, uh, everybody else to see. What would have been some of the most amazing places you've run? <laughs> uh,
0: how long is this interview? <laughs> we got another like I mean, 20, I, you know, 20
1: I, 25 minutes, we're good I've, to go. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I mean, I've I've run on all seven continents of Earth twice. Wow. That's amazing. So, I mean, where are some of the most exotic places. Well, I've run a marathon to the South Pole. Really? Uh, the South Pole is an incredible place. And very, very few people ever get to see the South Pole. so've you know that that's a very exotic place, but probably inaccessible to to most people. Um, you know, Patagonia is amazing. Um, the Gobi Desert, I've run across the Gobi Desert, which is phenomenal. Uh, Namibia, you know West Africa, Namibia mm-hmm. is is an amazing place. Um, you know, I'm going to the Sunshine Coast in a couple of weeks, which is Australia. Mm. Which is, I mean, I could go. I could keep go going. On, on the keep going. The, you know the the, <laughs> the 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 Dolomites in northern Italy. Wow. Uh, as I said earlier on the on the interview, I'm 100 percent Greek, so I'm I'm heading to Greece tomorrow actually, and there are areas in Greece that are so breathtaking that gives you the shivers. I mean, even just walking up to the Acropolis itself mm. and standing at the base of the Acropolis, you know, you, it, your spine tingles. But then, when you get out, like um, so some of the outer islands, like Ikaria, uh, the Peloponnese, um, Messenia, there are places that are stunning that see very, very little foot traffic.
1: Mm. Well, except uh, <laughs> except for you, <laughs> you <can> yeah. <laughs> <you can laughs> they see see my
0: footprints. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about seeing the world at six miles an hour. I mean, I've you know, like you said, I ran 50 marathons in all 50 states in 50 days. So I got to tour all of uh, the U.S. You know, I got to meet people across the country. I got to experience you know cultures in in different states, and you know traveling the world and getting immersed in different cultures, especially as a runner, it, it really it matures you in a, in a way that um, people that don't travel don't get that sort of um, uh, that sort of education. Like I, one time, I ran across uh, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Kazakhstan. Mm. And you know, I met a lot of people, uh, most people who'd never, never met an, uh, an American ever, never seen an American. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear one word of English the whole time I was gone. You know, I ran, I ran along the Silk Road, 525 kilometers. You know, I never saw one Starbucks, I never saw one McDonald's. It was, it was a very um, culturally immersive experience. And the one thing I learned is that, you know, in in the poorer areas that I was crossing through, depend, you know, depending on how you define I'm not talking about the, the urban slums, but you know the rural poor, quote unquote, where people lived in yurts, they were the happiest. <laughs> mm-hmm. The kids were smiling and giggling, never heard crying. So I think there's something to be said about uh, living a simple life that that's much you know that, that brings much more happiness to people.
1: Traveling has uh, a major perspective. It brings major perspective. I was, I was very fortunate I started at a very young age, um, well very young for me at least. And, um, it's interesting how much, how fast you're right, how fast it grows you up because, um, one, everything we, everything we think or understand from our own media completely changes once you're immersed in other cultures (laughs) and as well as their understanding of us (laughs) as well. Usually they're actually more educated on us than we are on us. So that's always interesting. (laughs) Um, at least in some of the places that I've gone to, but yeah, You're right. It it definitely I feel like it brings a whole other level of um, of unity and oneness and um, understanding and um, empathy and compassion and all these things that I feel like um, if leaders of companies or or governments, you know, did more of it gives a more worldly perspective into their into their leadership, you know.
0: No, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, the, the worst thing you can do as a citizen is is watch the news too frequently. Yep. I mean, I always say watch enough news to stay informed, but no more. You know, when I, uh, for instance, when I was running across Uzbekistan, and for those of you that don't know, I'm sure not many do, Uzbekistan's right above um, Afghanistan. So it's, it's not, you know, we wouldn't think it's the safest place. But people, when I told them where I was from, uh, they would say, aren't aren't you scared living in America? And I said, <laughs> why? And they said, well, all we hear about is, you know, the police killing people, and there's riots, and there's mass shootings. Yep. It seems like such a dangerous, hostile place. <laughs> yep. You know, here we think that someplace like Uzbekistan is, is dangerous and hostile, and they think America is dangerous and hostile. So... I don't know. I think the news has um, stilted a lot of people's worldview, unfortunately.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I do about um, five minutes of headlines in the morning, and then I have to stop because my uh, my, my <laughs> nervous system, <laughs> my nervous system starts acting like, "Yeah, okay, I'm going to go take some CBD and uh, go for uh, like a hike." <laughs> <laughs> I just go for a long go run. Go for yeah, 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 or in your case, for a very long run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but that's you're right. I mean, the the perspective there too. Um, y- <laughs> it it's just because of the environment we live in, you know, and it's funny anytime you mention travel to people here and they go, aren't you scared of this and that? And you're like, Oh yeah. You know, no, it's, it's not what it usually appears on the, on the, um, on the news. And then you go to these places and you're absolutely right. They say like, Hey, you guys okay over there? Like what's going on in America? Like, yeah, you know, we're just having a few issues. It's all good. We're like everybody else. Um, what, uh, now, so you've written several books. How, How many books have you written?
0: Uh, I've written four books myself and uh, this is, I've done two collaborations with the chicken soup for the soul group. And what were the other two that you did? Uh, well, the first, they were both on running. The the first one, um, came out about six years ago. Mm -hmm. And the most recent one is the theme is running for good. So they wanted to do another book. And I said, why don't we, um, you know, use the angle of, uh, the good running can bring to someone's life and running for good. Uh, you know whether that's good for you, like you said about some of the stories, I mean that could be someone losing hundreds of pounds, you know someone overcoming PTSD through running uh, or running for good for a cause. We know that um, a lot of people run for charity, and billions of dollars have been raised through through running and, and charity. so that's another way running um, has brought good, and running has also um, brought people together. I mean some of some of your best friendships can be measured in miles. Um, running brings people together. It's it's something that uh, we share in common um, as, you know, as humans. There's so many things that we've been talking about that divide us, you know, the color of our skin or, you know, the God we worship or socioeconomic level. But um, running is something that uh, unites us because we all do it. <laughs> we all do it the very same. It's a commonality that, that's shared amongst humans. So running creates a lot of good in that way.
1: What have been some of the biggest uh or most miraculous um like life changes that you've seen from others like you know some of the stories that you've come across any, any one or two that's I'm sure there's a lot that stand out, so n- no bias out there anybody listening, <laughs> but are there like are there like uh, you know a couple that really stood out to you that you know just the the turnaround of what happened and if you want to tell the story about what happened
0: yeah, well, I mean you know I, I'm a guy who runs hundreds of miles at a clip you know at the peak of physical fitness and you know, there, there's stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul that it, were so inspirational to me, and you know, they're not what you think about, you know, other ultra-marathoners. You know, there's a story about a woman that could not walk to the end of her driveway to get the mail. Mm. She was so big, and she just said, this has got to change. And so she started walking, and she couldn't walk for a minute solid without getting out of breath. And she said, this has got to change. And finally, she was able to walk for a minute continuous. Now, can you imagine that? I mean, I know you're not an ultra marathoner, but you could probably walk briskly for a minute nonstop without much you know, struggle. She couldn't do it. And then she got to three minutes. And then she got to five minutes. And then she said, You know what? I'm going to run a 5K. That is my goal. I'm going to run a 5K. She pulled it off. She lost, I think, 120 pounds. Mm. And, and then she said, You know what? I'm going to run a half marathon. And she, she finished a half marathon. And then she said, You know what? I'm going to run a marathon. And that's how that story ended, and I I don't doubt she will run a marathon. So that was uh, a story that really resonated with me. For what reason, I have no idea, because we have nothing in common, but it just was so inspirational to me, because she had to work so hard to do something that is so easy for most of us. Um, There's another story about a a vet that was really suffering from PTSD, and he was suicidal. You know, he, he tried therapy, he tried drugs... Nothing was working. And one of his friends finally said, you know, I heard running can help with PTSD. And this, this gentleman was at wit's ends. He just thought, you yeah, know, I'll try running. And it, it cured him. And now he's like a big ultra marathoner. So that's another story that really inspired me. And the format of this book is it's 101 short stories by 101 different authors. Mm-hmm. So it's not like my book. Like my book is right. me writing the book. This is 101, easily digestible. You know, they're about 12 to 1,500 word stories. You know, so it takes 5, 10 minutes to read a story, and it just leaves you so uplifted that um, it's, you know, I, I really like the format. And there's so many running books, like manuals, you know, training guides that tell you how to run and when to run and, you know, what to eat and this and that. But if unless you have the discipline to follow those those training plans, they're not worth much. And this book really gives you the inspiration to want to run or to want to walk or to want to move.
1: Well, you know, and it also it, it documents its powerful effects. You know, um, and and you know when you mentioned about the the lady who are, you said uh, you know maybe what's easy for you, but you know what's interesting, I mean whether somebody's overweight or they're in a lot of pain, like they might have a lot of bodily pain, you know, I mean, just you could be in shape and have a lot of pain and like not really sure why. And, you know, or like me, I sit behind a computer a lot when I'm doing a lot of the, the stuff for my businesses. And it's like, I started noticing it in my shoulders and my arms and then extending out to like my elbows. And I'm like, okay, I got to start doing some things differently here in terms of exercise because the pain can become when the became the, the, the pain becomes so great change is usually what, <laughs> what happens because you're like, that's it. And so I think it's fascinating that she um, she recognized how far gone it, it, it had become for her. And then what was also interesting about that, it kind of proves the point that instead of, uh, we get these, I think what, what deters a lot of people is they get the, the very grandiose um, vision. It's good to have a vision. But the problem is sometimes they want to go from one extreme to the other versus what do I need to do right now? And she clearly did that. She just, you know, she did the small baby steps. Then she went out to the end of the driveway. Then from there, it was like, now where can I go? And now how much further can I go? So kind of building upon one thing at a time and embracing the process of becoming versus just, well, I want to be that. So I'm, I'm going to go, you know, by this time next year, I want to be with ultra i like, all right, no, that's great. But like, let's now focus on just <laughs> one step in, in front of the other. You know, so I, I think it's great that you, you've got... Um, you know, these, uh, the, the, these collection of stories, because you're right. I mean, it, you can learn how to do it, but that's like, I'm going to teach you about all the pain <laughs> that you're going to endure in the process. Does that sound like something that you'd be interested in? It's like most people, once they get into the <laughs> reality of work, they're like, it's not so much fun anymore, <laughs> you know, but work isn't everything. That's, I mean, hence the tell the show, also sold separately. Like, the work is in everything that you do in you might as well be intentional. Um, what uh you know and so and and the what's is the is the book launched i know i got a copy but that's also because uh, you were going on the show and i wanted to be a little bit more versed is it already launched or (laughs) is it coming out
0: no the book is it's it's been in in pub for a couple months now so it's it's already out it's widely available you know obviously on on amazon um uh walmart is actually a a, uh a, a big seller of the book as well as you know barnes and noble are independent booksellers so it's, it's pretty widely available
1: and do people do people reach out to you do like the stories continue to come in from people who aren't featured in the book or or who've or read your other books you know do have they have they contacted you and like just given you some <laughs> idea I, I i mean you must you must hear all kinds of things from people right i mean they must have they must reach out to you
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as far as curating this book, um, you know, we put out like a prospectus saying, hey, do you want to contribute? You know, send us your 12 to 1,200 word, you know, 12 to 1,500 word story and we'll consider it. You know, we got thousands of of stories submitted. So trying to whittle it down to 101 was not easy because we got so many great stories. But I mean, if you shadowed me for a day, I live uh, a really bizarre (laughs) kind of life. I mean, you know, when I'm running down the street, sometimes cars pull over and they want to take a picture with me. Um, you know, for instance, I was walking through the airport the other day and there's, you know, these two guys walking toward me and one guy looks at me and his eyes kind of open up. and He's like, Oh my God, I I can't believe I'm meeting you. Oh, this is insane. I, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm walking through the airport. He's like, I, I got to get a picture. I got to get a picture. And he turns to his buddy and he says, you know, who this guy is and his buddy's like, no, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> so certain people I really resonate with; others, you know, they have no idea who this guy is.
1: Well, yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, that's that's how it it works in phases at large, you know, worldwide, with you know the communities that first you curate and are a big influence within, and then when that community and um, or in this case in sport and community bleed over into pop culture or into like you know further once once as it expands so too does the the awareness and the community with it right but that that initial community there's nothing like it because they'll just they'll find you (laughs) they'll they'll see you somewhere and it's a testament to you know um to you being to to moving this this entire community so that's that's phenomenal man to hear um what do you have
0: i mean you you said you said something in the in your introduction that really resonated with me, you said, you know, you an- for the past five years, you answer all the messages you receive. Yes. And I tried to do the exact same thing. I mean, I, I've got, you know, I've got this one um, folder in my in, in uh, my email that probably has 20,000 messages now from people. And this is, you know, since I, my, my book first came out in 2000, my first book came out in 2005. And I try to answer every single one of them. And some of these messages are, you know, the first sentence is, you changed my life. So when someone sends me a message that says, you changed my life, how how can I not read it and respond to them? Like, I, you know, my, some people are like, just, you know, have it go into a, <laughs> an auto response or something. You can't keep doing this. You're going to kill yourself. I'm like, I feel like I owe it to these people yeah. to respond to them.
1: Yeah. I, could, I couldn't agree more. It's, um you know and it's weird because i i've responded sometimes and and um some people have even um said i'm sorry you know i i, I don't i don't mean to take up your time I, you know i you're this you're that you know and i i hope i'm not um you know uh, i mean they were being polite but then they were saying you know what and and one one kid actually asked me he was like why would you answer me like i'm a i'm a nobody and i'm like you're a somebody you know and uh, and, I, and i and i explained to him through a, <laughs> it's funny i did a voice text through a, an instagram dm and i said you have to understand i'm like When I put something out, I don't know unless I don't know its impact without an interaction and you coming back and you telling me a story causes an interaction and it causes a community and it causes a a relationship. And now I I understand more so of this bigger picture that's still unfolding constantly. I'm like, you do just as much for me in in, in letting me know an aspect of you and what this has done for you. Um, so that feedback is incredible. And who am I? Well,
0: I right. Yeah, no, I, ex, 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 that's exactly how I feel. Right. Because a, a lot of people, um, they, you know, they, 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 they respond like, wow, I can't believe you actually answered my question. I can't believe you actually read my email, uh, or you read my message and they're just so blown away. They actually took the time to do it. And I, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't feel comfortable being me, I guess, because I can't imagine someone, you know, spending half an hour, 45 minutes, you know, typing this, this very um, personal message to me and expecting that I wouldn't even read it. Yes. So yeah. a lot, when you know, God bless people, because I, again, I, you know, I, I don't think I admire anyone to the, to the point that I would just, you know, confide in them in that sort of way and not expect to, to get some sort of answer.
1: That's exactly it. You know, and, and. And it's, and it's amazing. It's, it's, it's part of the, the, the whole, the whole process of, of, of building. Who am I not to respond? Like, you know, thank you. Like, and, and thank you for sharing, you know, how hard it is for people to share, <laughs> you know, like really sensitive information or, or just, um, you know, the ability to overcome something or, and, you know, and they, they've been like, you, like you said, you know, um, people will tell you their, these stories like they, you know, near death or, or PTSD or wanting to kill themselves or suicidal. I've seen it. I've heard it. You know, it's, it's, and, and you, who are we to not respond? And, and, you know, and at the end of the day too, I think it's that that's what, what it's all about is that connection to, to culture, to society, to community that we're, you know, in doing this. Um, and what, and the effects of that are, are priceless. Because it lasts long after we're gone, anyways, I and mean, you can't take anything else with you, <laughs> you know. So, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, in truth. But uh, what, um, what do you have coming up? Like, what's what's next for you? What, what's uh, I know you're going to Greece tomorrow, but uh, feel free, you know, whether you want to say the tour, so people can find you to books to talks. What, what do you got going on?
0: I mean, if you want to find me, just you know, just Google my name. Um, someone told me now if you type in Dean. My name is the first name that comes up on Google. So, um, you know, you can look at my website. You can follow me on Instagram or um, Twitter or Facebook. But, uh, you know, I pretty much am on the road constantly. So after um, uh, Greece, uh, I'm heading to Australia and then heading to the East Coast for some running events. Uh, And people track me down all the time. You know, they, uh, they show up. I have incredibly, incredibly loyal and dedicated fan base i mean they'll they'll fly across the country to come and run with me which sounds crazy right i mean i get these messages all the time people like oh i would give anything to run with you (laughs) i feel like saying well here's my address you know tomorrow morning at (laughs) tomorrow morning at 9 a.m you're welcome to go running with me it's like i you know i can't i i I still blows me away that people get so excited to come and run with me
1: right
0: but but they do and and it goes both ways so um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the road pretty much throughout the, the end of the year.
1: I, was, uh, you, I just envisioned uh, the scene in Forrest Gump where he just starts running. And, <laughs> and then the guy goes up. He's like, I'll go wherever you go. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then all the other people start following until he's done. Uh, by the way, I, and, and it was going to be my question of where everybody can find you online. But for anybody wondering, you just type in uh, Dean Karnasas, K-A-R-N-A-Z as in zebra E-S. And it's funny, I, I Googled your name. And uh, it's interesting. Of what came up was, um, what is the longest distance ever run by a human being without stopping? How fast is Dean Carnassus? What does Dean Carnassus eat? Because <laughs> these are like people. People also ask section. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. That's absolutely now. Um, and people can find you at uh, ultramarathonman.com. Is that is that the best place? Or
0: yep, ultramarathonman.com is a great way to
1: yep. Great. And then on social media, do they what? What do they type in to find you as well? There. It just, I mean,
0: it's at Dean Karnas. just, if right. you just type in my name, I come up. I think I'm first or second, like I said, in the rankings under D, just on D. If you type in Dean and then just put a K, I'll K, I'll—I'll be the first one there. Awesome, awesome man. Well, <laughs> for, that's for better or for worse. For yeah. better or
1: for worse, right? That's SEO yeah. value of, of of being on your craft for so many years. Man, I truly appreciate having you on the show. I So it's a journey-driven podcast. I tell this to every guest. Uh, you're welcome back on any time. Um, especially since you know six months uh or a year from now looks very different for you, probably six minutes from now will look very very different uh from how much you run and where you run too, but you're welcome back on any anytime and we could talk about any other type of themes and things that you're noticing while you're out there on your adventures and whatnot um you've got you know so many great things happening, so you're welcome back anytime, Dean
0: yeah, no, I admire you having me. you know having an ultra marathon on your show because it's it's topics and content that you probably are not used to hearing, and I hope that um, any of the listeners listening to this or find this interview interesting or maybe captivating, and maybe we'll take up running. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, actually, I got two funny things about that. But uh, Well, one funny thing, and then one thing I wanted to express, whether the, the show was designed very specifically to be from runners to artists to musicians to uh, fashion designers to techies to you know CEOs. It's basically the idea of, you know, to do anything that we really truly believe in takes work. You know, because I saw a lot of like business shows out there. I saw a lot of spirituality shows out there. I saw a lot of marketing, especially the marketing podcasts out there, and they're all sharing (laughs) they're like basically just putting all each other on all each other's podcasts. I wanted to do something very different. And so like having an ultra marathoner is like cool because Again, it makes like our show different in so many ways. Of just yes, another like another great testament to um, an art form that's out there, and how good is it for you? Like from a health perspective, and a wellness perspective, uh, and a mindset perspective, as well as what it, how it bleeds over into other areas of your life. So, I mean, it's actually it's actually a benefit to us, really, over <laughs> having you on the podcast. And the the second thing I wanted to tell you is the, the most ironic thing is how your show lined up with the next show that's going to be coming up is. Um, it's the, uh, uh, the CEO of Janji, uh, which is, uh, retail clothing for runners. <laughs> it's the most amazing I, thing. It's the, like the, the way it's just like lined up. I feel like I want to put you two in touch or something like that afterwards. If you don't already know about each other, but, um, uh, oh, go ahead.
0: No, no. I was going to say, I really admire that company. It's, uh, it's a young entrepreneurial company and I, I like the entrepreneurial spir- spirit,
1: yeah. Yeah. He reached I'm glad,
0: out. I'm glad you're having mine.
1: Yeah. 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 He, he reached out a, a long while back um, and uh, sent me some clothes. and I'm like, this is amazing. He, he wasn't even asked to be on the show. I'm like, I love your mission. <laughs> I want you to come on the show. <laughs> and we kept rearranging um, there. He had some some busy t- uh, schedules and we, we each had to rearrange once or twice. And as did you and I. And it's just so ironic that the ultra marathoner. And then the owner of the of a running uh, of a clothing line for running are back to back, and I'm like thinking, like talk about how universal alignment need to put these two together somehow. <laughs> so, well, be on the lookout for that, him email.
0: I'm a, I'm a, Tell him I'm a big fan, but ask, ask him if he knows, you know, just out of the blue. Do you know a guy named Dean Carnassus? See what he says. He might say, "I have no idea who that guy is," or he might say. Wow, you had Dean Carnas on that's amazing, but either, <laughs> I want to get it, I want to get his reaction
1: and for, perfect I'll I'll do it on the very next show, and either way, I want to put you two in touch because I just think that that's like I think that just makes perfect sense <laughs> so so yeah, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate having you on, and I'll be sure to tell him here actually uh shortly and um so thank you again, Dean again, absolutely great speaking with you. Everybody, uh, the book, uh, the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good uh, is out. Also, you can just look up Dean, Karnasas, D-E-A-N Karnasas, Karnazes, D-E-A-N, Karnazes, K-A-R-N-A-Z-E-S. Google him. You can find his books, ultramarathonman.com. You could search him on social media. He's like me. He's like all of us, meaning he'll like reach out to him, talk to him, ask him questions about running, ask him questions about mindset and health and all these things. Uh, he's very approachable. He's here to... Uh, I'm putting him to the test. He's going to continue to keep answering uh, his DMs and his texts and his emails. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> so, going to kill me, man. what's going to happen. No, You're so but uh, me. But, yeah. uh, but but please feel free to reach out to Dean. And um, you know, uh, again, thank you, Dean, for being on the show. And uh, uh, oh, go ahead, please.
0: No, I was just going to say thank you for having me on. I I appreciate you uh, taking the time to interview me.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to having you on again. Uh, stay tuned, Dean. We'll, we'll connect here offline in one second. Uh, for everybody listening again, please check out Dean Carnassus um, as I mentioned ultramarathoner author you can find him at ultramarathonman.com and uh, you know I appreciate each and every one of you guys you constantly reach out and you constantly tune in um, and you constantly help me push the boundaries, which I always appreciate as well too. Uh, you guys, uh, I feel blessed to be doing what we're doing and I appreciate each and every one of you and uh, for myself, Matt Gosman for our amazing guest Dean Carnassus, for household sold separately we're out.